0: Hey guys, we're so excited to share this message with you on the Center Set podcast. My name is Ethan, and I lead worship here at Center Set. We'd love for you to download our app so that you can keep up with all that is happening in our community. Text Center Set to seven seven nine seven seven 77 to download. Good morning, Center Set. Who is excited to be in church Come today? On. You can notice I'm here with my beautiful wife. It's going to be a fun day because we are preaching together. Uh, for those of you that are new, my name is Ali, and this is my beautiful wife, Pastor Yasmin. And Three years ago, we started CenterSet. this crazy place. This tribe has a vibe. We are a loud church. We started this place with a simple dream. We call it our God Bird. We wanted to create a place where not only Christians could grow in their faith, but listen, unchurched people, those that are new to church, could explore their faith. So whether you're visiting us for the very first time from another church, or maybe this is your first time in a Christian church, let me tell you, we got a word for you today. You're going to be encouraged, you're going to be challenged, and you will definitely be inspired when you come to this church. Uh, we are in the middle of a collection of talks called Trials to Triumph. And the theme of this collection of talks is really this, that life is not often about conquering. It's often about enduring yeah. and not quitting. And specifically today, we are speaking around this theme. That the title of today's talk is Relationship Trials to Triumph. How do you endure in your relationship? Because listen, the quality of our life is really geared around the quality of our relationships.
1: That's right. And you might be wondering like why is peter in the middle of this letter that's talking about suffering and trials and hardships and tribulations why is he all of a sudden shifting his focus shifting his attention and speaking to the men and women like why is he he speaking to husbands and wives and what does suffering have to do with relationships what do hardships have to do with marriage and i feel like there's a joke in there somewhere but there's a few reasons and i'm going to unpack one of them today is that during that time Rome and the Roman Empire was growing. It was expanding. And during this expansion, it was becoming more and more diverse. And Mm. within that diversity, within that expansion, there were new beliefs coming out, new belief systems, new theologies and new ideologies, so much so that truth had started to become relative. I don't know about you, but what was speaking to the early church 2,000 years ago is speaking to us right now. Because if that's not a picture of the current times, I don't know what is. And so Peter is looking to the followers of Jesus in the early church and saying, Hey, listen, stay focused. I want to remind you that we have a relationship with God. Like we know the all-loving, one triune God who created the heavens and the earth. He created male and female. And we have a direct relationship with Him through Jesus because of that for us. As Jesus followers, look, truth is not relative. It is not based on the latest trend. It's not based on the newest idea, not the latest Instagram lead or TikTok reel. I hate to tell you this, but truth for us is not relative. And the second reason is this. Peter is speaking to us about marriages and relationships because, listen, healthy marriages... Healthy families build up and make up a healthy church. Listen, our church can be as healthy as it is because of the families in it. So as long as our families stay healthy, our church is healthy. And I know that we think that churches are all about what happens on Sunday. But really, Sunday is a culmination. It's a celebration of us, families, kids, and older generations working out their faith, walking out their faith throughout the week. And Sunday is just a celebration of that. Because I don't know what you're going through right now. 2020 must have been the toughest season of your life. Maybe for your marriage, maybe for your career, maybe for your kids. I don't know what it is that you're going through right now. Maybe you feel the heartache, maybe you feel the brokenness. I'm here to tell you that because of Jesus, because of what He did on the cross, because we have a resurrected king, listen, we have a living hope. We can look to the future and say, though my marriage is broken right now, the best is yet to come because I have an active and living hope in Jesus. And I just want to encourage you because you might be at home and you might be watching and you might be saying like, I'm not married. I'm divorced. I'm single. Listen, I'm not even engaged. I'm not even in a relationship. And I want to encourage you today because this word is for you. You want to know why? The word of God is alive and active. And it speaks into every area of our life, specifically and especially relationships. Here's why. Because the enemy of our soul wants our relationships to stay broken. He wants to break our relationships. Because this is how Jesus, this is how God intended it for us to be, is that he would be known through relationships. By the way that we love one another, people, the world will know about Jesus. And listen, here's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to come in on a Sunday and lift your hands real high and He wants you to sing about having the joy of the Lord. He wants you to sing about having the victory but go home and never really experience the victory. Jesus, Jesus has a victory for you, but you're feeling defeated because you're listening to the enemy and the enemy's lies. And I'm here to tell you, no matter what you're going through today, no matter that you think that maybe God took his hand off your marriage, maybe God took his hand off your career, maybe in 2020 God forgot about me, but can I encourage you today? Can I speak some faith and some life over you today? god cares about your relationships not only that god cares about the state of your relationships and though you think god is not there he is walking right alongside of you he's never left you in 2020 he is right there and the best the best is yet to come because listen god today wants to remind you and us that when it comes to us and our relationships listen we have got to look no further than the scriptures
0: come on uh, we have five keys for you today. Before I begin, let me just tell you this church loves my voice. They like my voice. Let me tell you, this church needs her voice. She's different than me. I'm the funny one. She's the hard one. Uh, I'm going to build you up. She's going to tell it like it is. And it's, the, it's like we're salt and pepper, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the salt. You're going to tell it like it is, like the pepper. And I'm believing by faith that God's going to use this sermon yes. to change some marriages in the church. Yes. We have five keys for enduring in your relationship. Point number one, you got to write this down. Your marriage needs a mission. Yes. Your marriage, it needs a mission. Something bigger than the other person. First Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 11. Picking up right where we left off two weeks ago. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles... To abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. See, what Peter's trying to tell you is that often uh, we focus on our behaviors. But if you want to change the way you live, you got to change the way you think. Because all behavior, listen, is belief-driven. But what Peter's saying here is very different. He's not saying don't focus on your beliefs. He's saying the way that you live. The way that you model faith, that's going to influence people. The way that the, the way that you live with your, your spouse, the way that you live with your friends, the way that you live with your coworkers and, and schoolmates, it should be different. Your friends, your family, those that you live in are, are in influence around, they should say there's something different about yeah, you. Yeah, come on. They should see your faith before they hear your faith. Yes. They, they may even make fun of you. They may persecute you. They, they may belittle you, but Peter's saying don't stop doing good, even though they may not be listening to the words that you're saying. Listen, they're watching the life that you live. I, I had to realize this powerful truth about three years ago. My wife and I, we were at Disneyland with our two-year-old, crazy. Why would you ever take a two-year-old to Disneyland with just ice cream and donuts all day long? It was fun. It, it, now it looks fun, but back then it was painful, right? Uh, we're in line to get beignets. For those that are public school, that's, that's donuts, right? These are Disneyland donuts. And uh, we sit down, we're eating donuts, our or kids are loving it, and out of nowhere, listen, this employee from Disneyland goes, Ali, is that you? Is that your wife and kids? She literally knew everything about me. She yeah. knew this is my wife. We had just got been married for four or five years. She knew we had started a church. She knew how old my daughter was. I hadn't spoken to this person in 10 years. But this is the power of social media. This is the world that we live in. You got to write this thought down. It's Even though people act like they aren't listening, they are always watching. Yeah, that's good. And for a believer, this should be very encouraging to you. Because I get asked this question all the time. Pastor Ali, Pastor Ali, how do I reach my friends? How do I reach my spouse? How do I reach my, my neighbors for Jesus? They will never come to church. And the good news is you can go be the church. Yes. Even though they, they never read First Peter, they can see First Peter written on your heart by the way that you live your life. And the good news for all of us Christians who are followers of Jesus, even though it feels like our life is insignificant, they are watching and we have influence. See, you can walk into an environment where everyone gossips about one another, and you can be the friend that speaks truth in life. You can walk into a work environment where everyone steals and lives and backstabs to get ahead, and you can be that one coworker that is honest and faithful. You can go into that circle of of friends or maybe students where everyone's depressed and sad, and you can be the one that has the joy of the Lord being your strength. That's good. See, the darker the night, the, the brighter the light. Yes. No matter how dark the culture is, The goodness, the brightness of God in you shines brighter, and that's the principle that Peter's trying to get into your heart, that as Christians, we need a mission that's bigger than the life that we're living. And if that's true for the individual, listen, that's true for couples. Yes. What if, church, God wants your marriage not to be about happiness, but about holiness? That the purpose of our marriage is is bigger than the other person. That God wants to use this marriage, this person, to change me, to refine me, to not make me happy, but to make me holy. Come on, that's good. What if you saw your marriage, listen, as a ministry to the world?
1: Yeah, and I want to remind some of us today, because whether you believe it or not, you were created for a mission. Come on. Listen, like the gifts inside of you, the little intricacies, the things that make you, you, who you really are, your characteristics, that's not accidental. There is a good God who intentionally handcrafted every single one of those things. Almighty God wanted that, not just because He wanted to, no, not because He was bored, but because you and I are His greatest work of art. Literally, when He made us, He said, You are gonna be my image bearers. Like we get to bear Christ's image here on earth what an honor what a privilege and when i think of that when i think that, that god created us he created us with a mission he deposited mission inside of us like he infused us with this mission and the bible says in god's image male and female he created them and we understand that when we grapple with this truth when we understand this truth that we were made in the image of god and we understand that we were made to reflect his image here on earth Well that changes everything. That changes the way that we think. That changes the way that we process. That changes the way that we live. And so everything in my life becomes about my mission that I'm here to reflect God. So in my single season, I understand that that's my decision. If I, if I choose to get married and walk alongside someone else, I understand that that's my mission. Listen, if we start a business, when we start a business, what's my mission? To reflect the character of Jesus. Come on. If I'm a postal worker, that's my mission. If I choose to have kids, if I want to take care of my parents in their older age, that is my mission. Listen, it is always and will always be about reflecting the character of Jesus. I know. That's good. I know that sometimes we think that our mission is our calling. But our calling is the means to the mission. Because listen, God is going to use the calling as a tool to refine our character so that the mission of Christ can come out. It has always been and has always been and will always be about the mission to reflect God's character through us and really really we reflect the character of Christ in a few ways when male and female understanding who we are we walk in relational harmony with one another on. we walk in one accord in one mind being united together in the gifts and in the empowerment of the Spirit of God because listen listen what it says in the Bible male and female He created them both empowered by the Holy Spirit both get the same mission and mandate to go out into all the world and preach the gospel and then make disciples and baptize in the name of Jesus. So really, when we get married, that mission doesn't go away. Come on. No, we get to together now set our sights on eternity together and follow the call and mandate and mission of God together. Listen, can I encourage you, some of the single people, if you're watching right now, because I know that you might think this is again for the married folks, get you someone that's like-minded in the mission of Christ before you get married. Mm. Because if you don't hear anything else in this sermon, hear that. Get you someone that is like-minded. And I love this verse in Colossians. It says this, now through jesus there is now no neither jew nor greek nor slave nor master nor male nor female what is scripture saying it is comparing the common misconception at that time what culture defined as inferior and superior Mm. and god is leveling out the playing field and he's saying when it comes to jesus listen when it comes to jesus every single one of us are called for the mission of God. Mm. It doesn't matter the age, it doesn't matter the season, whether you're male or female. Can I encourage you right now? You are called period. And it looks like, this is what it looks like to be mission-minded. That you put all of your wants, all of your comforts, all of your desires to the side, and you say, you know what? I'm going to be mission-minded. If the end result is for me to look like Jesus, if the end result is for me to look like Christ, Paul says it this way, for me to die is gain and to live is Christ, which means that for me is to die and for Christ to live through me, then I understand this, that every pain, every obstacle in my life is meant to create the mission of God out of me. Mm. I understand that all of it, All of it is to refine my character so that I can reflect the image of God. Because listen, I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know at home the kind of brokenness, the kind of pain that you're feeling right now. I don't know what it is that you're wrestling with. Maybe 2020 was the toughest season in your life and 2021 is the remnant of that season. Can I just encourage you right now? Listen, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God through Christ Jesus, nor life, nor death, nor angels, nor demons. Nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus. But can I just tell you, it takes for us to be consciously mission-minded. We have got to choose to set our Our minds
0: on our mission. I love that idea that God, He doesn't want us to just be happy. He wants us to be holy. And for every point, we got some questions. Write these down. Question number one Is my relationship about making me happy or holy? Question number two Are we actively stewarding our marriage to be mission minded in this season? Speak these questions over your spouse, over the person you're dating, wrestle with them, the Holy Spirit. Point number two, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. Wives. Peter's shifting the focus now. He's speaking to the, all the ladies in this place with style and grace. He's gonna speak to you for a moment. Ladies, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity. And reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in God's eyes. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands. And point number two is this. You got to know your role.
1: That's right.
0: You got to know your role. And Peter's speaking from a worldview that is a biblical worldview, that in the beginning, God, he created the heavens and the earth. That there's a creator, and then there's creation, and we are, are different than the, the creator. And then in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, God, he's speaking, he says, let us, someone say, let us. Let us. He's saying, let us make man in our image. Why is God speaking in the plural? Why didn't he say, let me make man in my image? He said, let us make man, because there, there is the Trinity. There is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the three of them are, listen, are equal, but they're different. It was God the Father that says, Jesus, I want you to go leave heaven, go to earth, and live this sinless life. It was not the Holy Spirit who died on the cross. It was Jesus who died on the cross. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit goes, oh, this is offensive, guys. Why, why don't I have that role? Why, why? Because they have different roles. They are equal. But they are different. And the scriptures are teaching the same exact principle in the same way that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are equal but different. In a marriage, you have two people, male and female, who are different but equal. Mm -hmm. And they each have roles. And long before, listen, long before the women's rights movement started, Jesus was, was empowering women, yes. loving women. Amen. He was looking at women who were prostitutes and saying, you're priceless. That's right. He was mm-hmm. looking at women in that culture who were property and says, you are a, you are a princess. That's right. he, he looked women in the eye and spoke to them, said, I love you. I value you. I want to empower you with my Holy Spirit and put you in positions of leaders. Long before the women's rights movement, Jesus was fighting for right, the Amen. rights of women. And Peter's shifting the focus. He's speaking to the men and the women, saying, you each have to know your role. Someone say, know your role. Know your role. And to the women, he says, you must submit to your husband. Not to all men, to one man, your husband. And this word submission, i got to be honest, in 2021, this is almost a cuss word. And people say, oh, that's offensive, that's a microaggression, and people push back on this idea. This is a sacred word. The Christian life is lived yes. one of submission. Right. I submit my life. I submit my will to my king, my savior, Jesus. I release control to him. Yes. Why? Because Jesus wants me to do what he did. Jesus submitted to the Father. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says, not my will, but your will. I, but I'm submitting over my life over to you. And it's this idea that submission is trusting God, placing your, your control from your life to his life, from, from your will to his will. Yeah. And your submission to your spouse, listen, reveals your trust in God. Come on, that's so good. It has nothing to do with your spouse. The, The level of your submission reveals the level of your trust in God. And especially for the people in Silicon Valley, let me just speak for a moment. The vast majority of men and women in this valley, you are extremely ambitious. You are extremely hardworking. You excel in school. You excel in the workplace. You work above and beyond. You do not have an ambition problem. You have a submission problem. Come on. And the very thing that allows you to succeed in the culture, in the workplace, in school, is the very thing that hinders you yeah. in your relationship with God because you can no longer have control in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You've got to give it over to someone else. See, most Christians in Silicon Valley, they don't have an ambition problem. They have a submission problem. I'm so thankful that Pastor Yaz is here to help explain this misunderstood, this, this misrepresented work.
1: Uh, I love, I think it's awesome that we look to Scripture on a Sunday and we look to Scripture to define what these words and these roles mean and when we when we understand that it's through relationships that the world actually sees the love of Jesus. Listen, it's how we love one another. It's how we submit to one another, that the world will know who Jesus is. So when we look to the family, we understand that God created the family. He created the family unit. we look to God, we don't have to look far from God to understand that God has roles. Like when we look at the Trinity, within the Trinity, Yes, they are one, but they have very distinct roles. God the Father has a very distinct role. And when I look at God the Father, He's not the same as God the Spirit. He's not the same as God Jesus, the Son of God. And when you look to the Father in the home, it is the same way. He has a very specific leadership role. He is very, He is accountable to things to God that you and I are not accountable for as women. But can I encourage you, because when we look at the Word and we look at the Word submit, here's what happens. Here's where we think it's part of the sin story. And my friends, and I just encourage you, we've missed it if that's what we think. Because listen, I want you to write this down, especially for men and women that are married. Marriage is a partnership of servitude. Mm. We are called to serve one another. The Bible goes so far as to say, outdo one another in servitude. Like, how can we outdo one another in serving one another? So there's a mutual submission because we're able to go the distance excuse me, we're able to go the distance when we consider the other person and when we look at the creation story before the fall we see roles. There were very clearly defined roles. Like Adam first gets created by God first and then God creates Eve and He calls her Eight, sir, which means helper listen can i give you a hack on god real quick god does not give names he gives identity god right. is an identity giver not a name giver and so when he is calling eve eight sir, and it means helper listen we're going to get into a little bit of theology here because you know i'm not going to preach without theology here's the thing women and when you look at that word and you think helper, you think you're just going to knit a little blanket in the corner and you think you're just here to support the man as he goes out and brings the meat home. Listen, do not let the culture define scripture for you. Let scripture define culture for you. Listen to what it says about the word etzer and that it means that it rescue to save. Who is our Savior? It is Jesus. We are made in the image and the likeness of God. The next time somebody says that you're a helper, say, that's right. My God is my helper, and I am created in his image, in his likeness. The other side of the word means to be strong. Who do we call to in our times of trouble? We look on God. He's our strength. He's our refuge. Women, can I encourage you? Write this down. Maybe it's time to reframe your understanding of your identity and purpose according to Scripture not what the world says about scripture can i just encourage you to get you some people to know how to read scripture and apply it correctly to their lives listen it is not a stance of being weak submission and being a helper is not a stance of being less than but it is implying that being the aider, that the man has a very specific leadership role in the house listen we don't have to look far from the garden right when they fall they both sin but god is coming after them and he's calling out to adam mm and he's calling out to Adam for a specific reason that wasn't an accident. It's not like God didn't know they were sinning. It's not like God didn't know that Eve was talking to the serpent. Listen, but Adam as the man is responsible for the health and well-being of the home. And so we got to look to scripture when we look about when we look about relationships. We have got to look to the word of God. Listen, at CS, I don't know if you know this, but at CenterSet, we offer premarital counseling and i think it's so awesome the curriculum my husband and i went through and we were recording but the cool thing about it is when these couples sit down with our premarital counselors and sometimes with us they get their cute little notebook in hand and they just think that marriage is going to be a whole lot of sex a lot of vacation and chef home-cooked meals and decorating the house and just playing house all the time and yes it is going to be some of that but what you need to understand is that most of your marriage is going to be about you and your spouse learning to play to each other's strengths in the everyday no little word. mundane things that you're doing for example the bible does not tell us whose role it is to cook the meals in the house where are you going for christmas are you going to his house or his his parents house or your parents house the bible does not define who's going to make the budgeting in the house the bible doesn't say who's going to take out the trash whether it's the man or the woman he doesn't the bible doesn't tell us that this is where you come in come on. And you realize who you were created to be, your strength, your unique capabilities, your character, and you learn to know your role and play to each other's strengths. Maybe in 2020, things didn't go your way. Maybe you put a strain on your relationship. I think it's time that you get together with your best friend and you figure out how can we outserve one another? How can we get together and get the mission of God going through our marriage
0: together for 2021? That's a good word. You got to write this phrase down. Your marriage is based on roles, but you co-lead based on gifts. Yeah,
1: that's
0: good. Your marriage is based on roles, but you co-lead based on gifts. I get pushback all the time from women like, why is it, Why do I have to submit? Do, do the men have to submit? Of course. Write this verse down, Ephesians 5.22. It says, mutually submit to one another. It's not like I'm dragging Pastor Yasmin and she's got to do what I got to do. Like, listen, woman, submit. If that's your perspective on, on relationships, you have a broken perspective. Because this is like dancing. You're, Pastor Yazan, before we got married, we went to a, a dancing class. We had to learn how to waltz at our weddings. So we had to take this class. And when you begin to dance, the teacher tells you one person leads. And when you both try to lead, you step on each other's toes. If you want your relationship to be smooth.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: If you want to, to, to almost be elegant and stylistic like a dance, one, each person needs to know their role. It's not that you're different. You're equal, but you're different. So what is the call on a husband? If women have to submit, what do the men have to do? Ephesians 5, 23, write this verse down. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did he love the church? He laid his life down for her. I've done five weddings at Center Set Now, and every wedding I say the same exact phrase. I look at the guy, I'm like, bro, this is the best day of your life. This is, but it's not just your marriage. And he goes, what do you mean, Pastor Ali? It's also your funeral, bro. Because the scriptures tell the men to die. There is not one verse in the scriptures that ask a wife to die for her husband. But the scriptures are clear. Just as Christ is the head of the church, the husband, his role for his wife, I'm called to die for her. Lay my life down for her. Husband, say this after me. Say, I die. Ladies, say, I submit. I submit. That's your role. you got to know your role. doesn't mean I'm better than her. It just means that we're equal, but we're different. We have to know our roles. The same way that there's there's roles in the Trinity. Listen, there are roles in marriage. And let me speak to all the the single women for a moment. If you can't submit to him now before you're married, putting a piece of metal around your ring is not gonna around your finger is not gonna change your relationship. Marriage does not remove your problems, it magnifies your problems. Let me speak to the fellas for a moment. You have one of two issues. If she doesn't want to submit, either you're not a leader worth following or you're dating the wrong girl. That's right. See, if your relationship is going to endure, you need a mission for your marriage. And number two, you need to know your roles. Write these questions, this question down. Do I know and celebrate the strengths of the people I am in relationship with? That's a good question right there. Let's go to point number three. It says, what you do speaks louder than what you say. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. If any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. The key focus in this is without words. Someone say without words.
1: Without words. Listen, I'm an Enneagram A for all the Enneagrams A's. This is true of us, Right. Action speaks louder than words. So this verse means a whole lot to me. What is Peter saying? Peter is rallying up the women that just came to know the Lord and their husbands haven't yet. And he's saying, I'm going to give you a shortcut. Here's a quick way for your husbands to get to know Jesus. Here it is, here it is, here it is. And he says this. He says, listen, it's not going to be by you condemning them. It's not going to be by you pointing out every single flaw and weakness that they have and telling them how much they need Jesus. It's not even going to be about you picking up the word of God and beating them over the head with it. Because guess what? That's not how Jesus revealed himself Mm. to you. I'm going to let that sit for a second. And so we think that that's the way that other people are going to receive Christ, especially our our spouse. But Peter's saying, listen, I'm going to give you the shortcut right now. Here it is. Here's the secret sauce to your husband getting to know Jesus. It's going to be about how quickly you forgive. It's going to be by your reactions. What do you do when someone is gossiping behind your back? What do you do when someone is talking smack behind your back? Are you going to create a wall of offense? How quickly are you going to choose to selflessly love when you can, when you can selflessly clap back? I know that we are in a culture of cancel culture and clapping back, but Jesus' methods, Jesus' culture is upside down and he's flipping the entire thing and he's saying that kind of selfless love, that kind of counter, countercultural thinking Well, that's radical. Mm. And not only is it radical, that's irresistible. There's no dismantling that. You can't argue that. And so Peter is saying, listen, here it is. Here it is. That's the shortcut. If you want, listen, he's saying, I want to give you the shortcut to seeing true transformation. Stop telling them what needs to change about their lives. Surrender and start letting the love of Jesus speak for himself. Because guess what? The message is strong enough. The gospel is good enough. It brings life transformation from the inside out. Let Jesus be the king of their hearts. And I want to encourage you today. Because maybe you're thinking, you know what? Not my spouse. You've written off your wife. you Written off your husband, and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Jasmine? It's been five years. It's been ten years. It's been twenty years of the same old thing. There's no way this guy is going to change. There's no way our marriage is going to get healed. I got some news for you today. You don't know the day, Come but on. God is not done with their story because God's not done with your story. Mm. He is working in the background. He is drawing them near. He is capturing their heart. Let me tell you how He's doing it. He's doing it through you. Mm. He's doing it through how you show up. Come on. He's the coach that puts you in the game day in and day out. Keep being faithful. Keep drawing your strength from the scriptures. Keep renewing your mind with the word of God. Keep drawing your strength from the joy of the Lord. Keep getting around other believers. Doesn't matter whether he comes on Sundays or not. Keep showing up. Keep being faithful. Keep showing up with that agape agape, selfless kind of love. And I and I and can I just release some of y'all in the house today? Can I just release you guys right now? You're not the one who saves. Mm. You're not even the one who can heal. You're not even the one who can set anybody free. But you know the one. Can I get an amen? Because God is working in your home. God is working in your marriage. Don't give up. Be of good cheer. He is in
0: the waiting. Amen. And the, really the theme around this that Peter's trying to get into your heart is this. Our behavior shows our beliefs. Write this down. Our behavior, it shows our beliefs. So you got to understand, Pastor Yaz and I have been made for almost eight years now. We're two preachers. Guess what doesn't work in our home? Preaching to one another. I, I can't preach my, my wife into better behavior. She can't preach to me, for me to be, change my behavior. What we gotta do is we gotta, we gotta live out our faith. Let me th- give you a perfect example. For the last eight years, I've been trying to convince Pastor Yasmin to refer to me as my Lord.
1: Okay.
0: She refuses. Pray for her. She has a submission oh, right. problem, guys. Yeah, Come on. Okay. But, but, but really, this principle is also a parenting principle and is also a relationship principle. That in your home... What is caught is what is lived, Yeah,
1: that's not, what is,
0: not, not what is taught, not what is taught. In the same way, your children, they're not going to listen to what you say. They're going to listen to what you do. You can't tell your kids, get off your, your smartphone, stop watching TV while you're on your phone the whole time.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: You can't say, don't eat snacks and sweets when, when you're nibbling on, on, on Oreo cookies, because they're going to model what you live, not what you say. That's right. And mm. the, let me rephrase it like this. What you project is what they reflect. Wow. What you project is what they reflect. Let me remind you who Peter is speaking to. Peter's writing these words to wives that are in a culture that is very unchurched. There's no political party, there's no church buildings. Christians literally have no influence. Yep. The only thing they have going for them is Christ within them. The, the, the love of Jesus empowering them, encouraging them for them to endure in their relationships. And, and what's happening is in these marriages, one person's getting saved and the other isn't. And what was happening is these, these wives, these husbands were beating their spouse over the head with the truth. Peter's saying, dude, you can't win people with the gospel by condemning them, by preaching to them. you got to live your faith out you going to model Jesus to them. Because what you do speaks louder than what you say. This is the question I want you to write down. Do I have the self-control to let my example do the talking at times? Point number one, your marriage needs a mission. Point number two, got to know your roles. Point number three, what you do speaks louder than what you say. And point number four is this, focus on the inside. Mm-hmm. Focus on the inside. First Peter chapter 3, your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of fine jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. Let me just kind of give you a caveat. The scriptures, all scriptures God breathed, that is good for teaching and correcting and for rebu- rebuke. But you got to understand the scriptures were written to a specific period, to a specific people, in a specific culture. Let me give you a perfect example. Is in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthian church, and he's telling the women, you need to wear a head covering at church. It's like, whoa, I look around church. Women don't do that anymore. Why? Because in 1st century Corinth, prostitutes would lay their hair out. Yeah. So the, pr- the principle is not, you got to wear a head covering. The principle is dress modestly. So people don't think you're a prostitute. Yeah. In the same way... Peter is not saying you can't get your hair braided, can't wear jewelry from Forever 21. That is not this, what, he's not saying, Jesus is not against skinny jeans, even though millennials are. He's not saying that. The principle is this. It's not legalistic. It's the spirit of the law is saying, don't focus more on the outside than on the inside. Don't be so concerned about the skin that you forget the soul. See, the, the lie of culture that your beauty Your value, your worth comes from the the smallness of the scale that you stand on, the largest of the bank account that you live by, and the expensiveness of the clothes that you wear. There's nothing wrong with working out. There's nothing wrong with with having nice clothes. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. The issue is when things have you. The issue is when you spend so much time on the shell that you spend zero time on the soul. I wrote this idea like this, exterior beauty, without inner depth is just cheap decorations. Wow. This last year in COVID during shelter in place, I, I turned 40 crazy, right? I, I can't even believe I'm 40. I, I, there was a time in my twenties where I would eat Taco Bell once or twice a week and other people would get fat. Crazy. I always pray that they would be Laker fans, but who knows? Right. It was never me. Now I'm in my forties. I eat Taco Bell. I jiggle for a week. Well I, I have gray hair and I have wrinkles, It's crazy. I I need to take vitamins every day. I need to work out multiple times a week. Why? Because my body is breaking down. But I will never spend more time on my body than my soul. Because the scriptures are teaching you beauty. The kind of beauty that allows your relationship to endure is not skin level. It's the soul level. What's the point of having nice clothes if you have cheap character? What's the point of having a new outfit if you have an old mindset? What's the point of being strong in the gym but being weak in the spirit? Wow, that's so good. 2019, there was this massive movement in America that was Hot Girl Summer. Okay. Come on, I'm going there. Your pastor's de- definitely, if you, you come to Center Set, you are going to get the scriptures and cultural references to the wazoo because I, I want to make Christianity fun. I, wanna, I want you to learn the scriptures and do it in a way that our culture can understand. 2019 was hot girl summer. Girls were allergic to clothes. They were doing squats for days, trying to look good. They were doing hot squat, looking, yes, turn around, okay. and say, I'm having coffee. It's like, dude, get your booty out of my screen. Oh, my. Let me tell you, in 2021, it's Christian hot girl summer. How do you know that, Pastor Ali? I'm reading article after article that dating apps are exploding because people could not date this last year. And if anyone is desperate to get married, it's Christian girls. Come on. They, 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 they were on lockdown for a year. And now they're, they're going to the gym. They're getting waxed. They're getting vaxxed for their man. They're getting oh. ready. And let me tell you what's more important than doing squats to get a big booty. Reading your scripture so that you have big character. You know what's attractive? Humility. You know what's a turn on to a man? A good attitude. No one cares how big your butt is. Okay the scriptures teach beauty is deeper than skin yeah my wife is uncomfortable so many of you at home are watching your butt cheek is clenched listen i am teaching the word of god right now beauty is deeper than skin level it's at the soul level
1: well amen to that everyone And that kind of obsession with self, listen, that kind of obsession with self is what actually allowed Satan to be who he is. Because he became so self-focused. He became so obsessed with who he was. He missed out on having community with God. He missed out the point of being in relation with God. And that's the lie that he's selling you. Listen, don't forget where we started this whole sermon from. Peter is reminding us, stay focus. Don't worry about what the culture is doing. Don't worry about what they're going to go do today. Listen, do not let the culture deter you. Do not let the culture distract you. We have a truth and it's in Christ Jesus and the Word of God. So he's literally telling us, listen, don't focus on the external so much because that's temporary. It's what is inside that matters. That's the eternal. And So based on that, here's the question that we want you to write down. Question based on my investment of time today am I putting my hope in the eternal or the temporary? Come on. Based on my investment of time today, am I putting my hope in the eternal or the temporary? And I think it's something for us to wrestle with. I think that is something that we got to think about, especially in 2020, when so many new ideas and so many new Instagram reels and everything, everyone's an influencer, everyone's a preacher nowadays. Listen, get your mind right. Get your mind rooted in the Word of God. Listen, and the key number five that we want you to write down is this. Disrespect is destructive. let me read the text for you first peter 3 7 says this Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And I think so often we look at this verse and I've heard it so many times. People focus on the word weaker. Let me just get that out of the way real quick. In the same way that you guys look at helper and thought it was weak, let me just, let me just bring some truth into this because it's speaking superficially to the generalization that men are often created more with more physical strength than a woman. That's all that it is. But here's what I want you to take from this verse. Here's what I want you to understand. Because if you walk away focusing on the word weaker, you've lost it. We have an equality as heirs of the kingdom of God. And this is a warning to us that we should treat each other with respect and honor so that it doesn't hinder our prayers let me tell you how important it is to god that we treat each others with respect that we submit to one another that we honor one another it says that if you don't honor one another i can't hear you listen bible says that god tells his secrets to those he calls near i want to be close to god i want to be his secret keeper i meet people all the time that show up one way but really in their heart they're withholding love They're holding bitterness. They're holding an offense with other people. And they think, I'm just shutting my brother out. I'm just shutting my ex-husband out because he's a loser. Let me tell you like this. God says this. When you're shutting people out of your heart, you're shutting Jesus out of your heart. And I don't want that. Nobody wants that in their marriage. Listen, disrespect is destructive. Disrespect is sneaky. Listen, disrespect is deceiving in that it creeps into your marriage in a very sly humoristic way and it can be you throwing jabs and throwing little digs. Listen, I'm sarcastic. I love sarcasm. Like, I love dry humor. If I had it my way, I'd be best friends with Michael Scott, Jim, maybe Dwight. Let's throw Paul from the Bible in there and maybe Deborah from the Bible. Keep it sassy a little bit. But when it comes to Jesus, I'm a kingdom girl Mm. first and foremost. I want my heart. I want my relationship with God to remain tender. I want to stay soft with Jesus. I want him to hear me and I want him to hear me. And I want to Hear him speak. So when it comes to humor, maybe I'm not yelling at my husband. Maybe I'm not disrespecting him by cussing him out, but it's something that I can say that can rub and go too far. And I got to keep my ears to the Holy Spirit. There's a thing called conviction. And when the Holy Spirit says, too far, How am I going to respond? Do I go for the sake of humor or do I go for the sake of the kingdom? What is the culture that I want to build in my home? When I lead in my home, what is the culture that I'm teaching to my kids? What are my daughters learning from me about honoring their father, about honoring people, about the value that God places inside of human beings? How do I want to culturize the culture of our home and shift the atmosphere in our home? Listen, God calls us to respect one another at Center Set Church, so much so that we believe honor is our heart. Mm. Honor is tied to the mission of our church in reaching people for, for the kingdom of God. Listen... Keep your relationship with Jesus soft. It matters. Peter is saying it matters the way you treat your husband. It matters the way you treat your wife. It matters to the heart of God. God goes so far as to say, out of the heart the mouth speaks. It matters the way that we treat one another.
0: That's right. And What Peter is really trying to say is the way that you disrespect your spouse is a reflection of how you view God. Amen. Because you're not just disrespecting your spouse. You're actually disrespecting God in your spouse. She's made in the image of God. The Bible says that when you believe on Jesus, when you believe on Jesus, God indwells your body. The the temple of God is no longer building, but our bodies. Not only does she bear the image of God, she now is the temple of God. You're you're disrespecting God's body. And God is so, this is so important to God. that He says, when you disrespect my daughter, I stop listening to your prayers. Think about this for a moment. Yeah. God, the Bible says in Romans chapter two, verse four, says that with his goodness and kindness he led us to yes. repentance. Yeah. If God had any person that he could have been disrespectful to, it's all of us, because no one is righteous, no one is good, we all fall short of the glory of God. But God in love, he covered our sin. Yeah. God in love was gracious to us. He gave us what we didn't deserve. That's what grace is, by the way, is what we, the unmerited, the unearned, the unjustified love of God. He gave us what we didn't deserve, but we needed it the most. And it's so interesting that sometimes men want the mercy and the grace of God, but they want justice for their spouse. And God says, that I can't handle that hypocrisy. Wow, so good. Where you want to receive the love, but you don't want to give the love. That kind of hypocrisy, I, God says he hinders. He's almost like a stiff arm, the the word is using. He's almost like stiff, pushing you away. He's like, you don't get it. When you disrespect my daughter, God is so going to protect his daughters when you don't, that he will stop listening to your prayers. Yep. Listen, God did not give me a spouse to make me happy. He gave me a spouse to make me holy. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another i wrote this down this way you can't force someone to respect you but you can refuse to be disrespected wow and so often i see women they allow the disrespect because they don't know their self-worth and it doesn't come f- from the scale from your bank account or from the degree that you have on a wall god says you're a daughter god says you're accepted God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you know, you do not tolerate disrespect because God in love, He covered. He, he says you're a person worth dying for. And if your spouse doesn't see it, that's their loss. If I can speak for a moment to the men, the quality of our life is based on the quality of our relationships. Yeah. My question for you this morning is how are you treating God's daughter? Are her desires as important as your desires? Are her dreams as important as your dream. See, the average man speaks about 7,000 words in a day. And when we get disrespected, often what we do is we shut down. We stonewall our wife. We say even less words. We turn her back. We leave the room. We, we don't answer her text. And we shut down emotionally as a way to get revenge. A woman deserves respect. If I can speak to the woman for a moment. Are you giving your husband something to, to be respected about? See, the average man speaks 7,000 words, but the average woman speaks 20. And what is a strength, what is a gift, God can use it as a weakness. See, when Satan came to Eve, he used her weakness to to rob the blessing of God from her life. He talked her out of the scriptures. Did God really say, you can't eat from that tree? And she said, "Ah, I can't eat it or touch it. God never said that. And often women will use this gift of gab to tear a house down. You'll, you'll nag your husband. You'll disrespect your husband. You'll you're constantly belittle your husband. I wish you were more like that guy. God doesn't want you to compare your spouse to someone else. You're not married to the other person. You're married to the person in your home. Your words have the power of life and death. You can either build your husband up and speak to his potential or you can tear him down and speak death over him. See, in our culture, there's this idea. If I, dis, if I disagree with you, I can disrespect you. It's called cancel culture. And let me remind you, we don't get our cues from culture. We get our cues from Jesus. Come on. Jesus could have canceled all of us. He could have removed everyone from the, from the scriptures. He could have removed everyone from the house of God and said, I cancel all of you. He could have shamed all of us because he disagreed with us. But love does not cancel. Yeah. Love forgives. Love builds up. The Bible says in Proverbs that love covers a multitude of sin. See, this, the culture says, if I disagree with you, I'm going to disrespect you. If you don't believe me, this last fall, my wife and I, we watched the presidential debate. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, let me just tell you, it was so bad that my wife and I, we had to remove our children from the room because we didn't want them watching the way that these two grown men were disrespecting one another. That's the way our culture does it. If I disagree with you, I disrespect you. That is not the cue that Christians get. We got our cue from Jesus. That even when he disagrees with us, he still honors us. He still seeks life over us. It's the goodness and kindness of God that led us to repentance. I got this question for you. Question number five. This is for the ladies. Based on how you treated your husband today, what did you teach your kids to look for in a wife? That's convicting. Fellas. Based on how you treated your wife today, what did you teach your kids to look for in a husband? If you wanna endure in your relationships, you got five things that you need. You gotta, you gotta have a mission for your marriage. Come on now, you, you gotta have something bigger than the other person. It's not about happiness, it's about holiness. You need to know your roles. I die, you submit. It's not that I'm better than you, it's that we're equal, but we're different. And then what you, what you do speaks way louder than what you say. Point number four, you gotta, you gotta focus on the inside that real beauty the attraction in the kingdom is not skin level it's the soul level yeah And disrespect is destructive let's pray god thank you so much for this word that comes straight out of the scriptures would you use it to change our marriages change our relationships to build the house of god a, a healthy church is built on healthy families Amen. holy spirit i just believe by faith that you were have been speaking to people that were listening online you've been convicting them, showing them areas of their relationship that needs to change. Highlight which key that they need to focus on. Highlight which key they need to pray about. Allow them to speak these questions over their spouse in truth and in love and allow the Holy Spirit to convict so that we can repent and come back to you, Jesus. For many of you watching online, this is the first time you ever heard about a God named Jesus who who left heaven to become a man. And even though he disagreed with us, He never disrespected us. He didn't cancel you. He went on a cross and said to die for you. And Christianity is not about going to a building or even reading a holy book. It's about having a relationship with the holy God. And that God loves you. Loves you in spite of all the mistakes. Loves you in spite of all the shortcomings. Loves you in spite of all the sin in your life. And the way that he handles sin is that he came to die on a cross by becoming sin. God says that God made him who knew no sin to become sin so that you and I can become the righteousness of God. That when God looks at you, when he looks at my wife, when he looks at me, even though we're sinful, he sees perfection because our faith is in Jesus. And if you want to start a relationship with Jesus today, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And we just pray this prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for leaving heaven, living a sinless and perfect life. You were equal to the Father, but your role was different. Your role was, you came to die. You came to pay our penalty of sin. And you submitted to the Father. It wasn't because you were weak or you were less than, but when you surrendered control, God, you opened a door to heaven. We can now enter through Jesus. We can now be forgiven through Jesus. We can now have relationship with God the Father through Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for opening the door that my good works could never do. I receive your gift of salvation by faith alone. If that was you this morning, we want to celebrate with you as a church. We have gifts for you. Believe me when I say this. We want to help you on this spiritual yeah. journey, but we can't give you this gift unless you self-identify. You got to text CSJesus. That's a word. CSJesus to ninety-seven thousand, or on the bottom of your screen, go to centerset.ch/connect. We'd love to help you by filling out that Connect card so that we can give you these resources. One is a book called Following Jesus. The other is a New Testament for those of you that are new to the faith. These are free. These are gifts we want to give to you to help you on your spiritual journey. Church, we love you. We can't wait to see you. For those of you that are online, stay safe. But believe me when I say this, we do church on in person at 5 p.m. Can't wait to see you. Have a great week, church.